number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Welcome to the Stuart Knight Show, where interesting, intriguing, and exciting people engage in unscripted exchanges of ideas, stories, and perspectives. It's not an interview. It's a powerful conversation. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Stuart Knight Show, where I have awesome people who join me for conversations, where we go deeper, where we think about things that we can use as a way of making our lives better, where we can sometimes boycott our old way of thinking, embrace new ways of thinking, and essentially just push the limits of life. And today, I've got somebody who is not just a a uh, person who I'm a fan of, but I'm lucky enough to call her a friend. Uh, her name is Joy McCarthy, and she is a holistic nutritionist and founder of JoyousHealth.com, an award-winning blog focused on healthy living. Uh, she is a two-time best-selling author of Joyous Health and Joyous Detox, a World Gourmand Cookbook Award recipient. And her third book, The Joyous Cookbook, comes out late 2019. Now, she is a trusted expert. Trust me, I know she is. Um, <laughs> uh, she's a trusted nutrition expert, and uh, she's been featured in hundreds of publications, both online, such as Well and Good, CNN, and CBC, and in print. And she's also a regular health expert on television, including CityLine and CTV's Your Morning. Uh, Joy lives in Toronto with her husband, Walker, who is also a friend of mine, and their beautiful daughter, Vienna. Ladies and gentlemen, a big round of applause for Joyous Health, Joy McCarthy. Yay! How you doing, wow. Buddy? Thanks huh? for the intro. That's that was heavy, huh? That was that was deep. Yeah, that, yeah. Did you feel did <laughs> very you, deep? Did you feel like maybe that wasn't you for a second there? Yeah, I was like, who is this person you're talking about? She sounds really great. <laughs> right. Yeah, I should I should have her on my show. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for having me. My, my pleasure, and thanks for being on the show, guys. Listen, I'm going to just give you like some forewarning. Like I said, you know, Joy is a friend of mine and someone who I asked to be on this, and so Joy and I are going to talk like friends. We're not going to be, you know, all professional and politically no, correct. Not at all. No, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be ourselves. We're gonna shoot the shit, and we're gonna have fun. Um, but I do want you, who are, for those of you who are listening, to really. Um, get that all joking aside and above and beyond our friendship, Joy is like, and she doesn't, you know, talk about herself this way, but she's literally the guru of nutrition. It's ridiculous. Like if you go out for dinner with Joy uh, or if you have a beer with her or if, you, if you're hanging out with her, she will um, be able to go on any tangent on any food item or um, anything that has to do with your uh, holistic health and is uh, like a, like a, it's almost like a, it's like a science, um, I guess lecture almost. Like she gets in, <laughs> she uses words I don't even understand. Uh, but she's 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 definitely somebody you want to listen to today because she's got a significant amount of information about what we can do to live better, to have healthier skin, to have better hair, to sleep better, to have better poops. You name it, Joy yes. is going to take us through. You love pooping, don't you? I sure do. How do you often, love pooping? Uh, you know what? Honestly, like, let's face it. Who doesn't like <laughs> a good poop? When it, when, it, when it just, bam, you just rock it out and you think to yourself, okay, let's get back to life. Yeah, totally. Kids <laughs> love it too. Like, I'm sure your kitties, do they, do they like want you to see their poo? All the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vienna, Vienna will be like, mommy, mommy, come look. Yeah. She's so proud. Hey, let me ask you, does, does your, because like, we love our children so much, 
Yeah. But are, are you, can you, like, I, I'm okay with the smell of my daughter's poo and my, and my son's poo. <laughs> but there's that line, right, where you realize, Jesus, I love you. I do love you. But, wow, how can something so yeah, small make that I kind know. of smell? I know. And how can something so small, how can so much come out of this 30-pound body? That's yeah. just sometimes, like, I'm like, oh, right, that's because that's how it's supposed to work. What you eat, you absorb just what you need, and everything else comes out the other end. So what, Whereas most grown-ups, it's not like that. Really? Oh, like, for sure. What happens? Well, I mean, there's some people who will tell me, you know, that they haven't pooped in five days. Oh, and man. I'm like, are you doing a fast? No, I'm eating like three meals a day and snacks, but I just don't poop. And I'm like, and then they tell me, you know, their doctor tells them that's normal. And it's just very, it's very concerning. How much so should, if you're, should we poo? You should be pooing every day, least, every single day. At least once or should we poo more than once? At least once. Okay. And it, yeah, and then obviously there's, you don't want to be pooping like five times a day, but right. you know, like if you look at your kids, like they often need to go to the washroom after most meals, like large meals. Right. So, but at least once a day, for sure once a day. And then the quality is important too. Like, do you actually feel like you are detoxed? You know, like, do you feel like you've had a poo and your stomach feels a little flatter? That's how it should feel when you have really eliminated effectively. Oh, is that right? Eh? So do a lot of people then when and I'm glad we're going right into uh, poo. <laughs> I, that wasn't even my first question for you today. But you know what? This is the way it's going to go. Um, when, when, when a person um, goes poo and they finish their poo, uh, yeah. <laughs> do they I, um, do they? You say that they should feel like it, it's everything's out. Is your, yeah. Should your body essentially? Does your body have kind of like okay, uh, this is the section of within your intestine that we want to release? Like, is there like an actual like um, almost a compartment of poo that needs to come out, and then, and that's it. <laughs> That's it for that sitting? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're eating all throughout the day. So there's food, you know, in various parts of your small and large intestine that's kind of traveling through there. Some is more digested, obviously, than other parts. Okay. But, you know, the yes, you do want to feel like a sense of satisfaction uh -huh. um, that the poop, most of the poop in your large colon, not all of it, but a lot of it um, has come out. Okay. And, you, you know, you just know by how you feel. Like, yeah. sometimes you have a poop and you're like, oh, I, I just feel like it's not all there. Yeah. It's not, it hasn't, like, all come out. So, right. So you, so you know. Well, should, and then, should a person stay in the toilet in a situation like that? Or should they just kind of, like, hope that it happens again later? Well, you should have a squatty potty, first of all. Do you have a squatty potty? I don't even know what Do that is. Okay, so that's the actual brand. And it's this little um, thing that you put under your toilet and it raises your feet like five to six inches. So your knees are in alignment with your hips. Do you know what I mean? Almost. Oh, oh, so yeah. basically it's like, uh, it, it would be like squatting. If you were like a caveman back in the day or a pioneer and you uh -huh. went to go to have a poo and you didn't sit on a toilet, mm -hmm. um, you would squat. And that's actually the proper way. Cause that opens up your pelvic floor and allows for a nice poo. Oh my gosh, Stuart, you it, need to get one. You're going to have the best poops ever. It makes a difference, huh? huge difference oh boy huge like it just makes it come out so much easier no kidding you feel way more detoxified it's very inexpensive uh -huh. you could even just like we have one in like every bathroom but um in my in our ensuite bathroom we don't have the official squatty potty we just have like a little uh like a little step like two step ladder thing so vienna can um poop obviously so she can step up right. and even just putting your feet on that 
makes oh, really? a difference. And you're bringing yeah. up to, you want them to be at the same height as your hips, you said? Yeah, exactly. Or just raised off the floor because the modern toilet is not actually set up for our body to efficiently detox. Like it's not the way we sit on a toilet is, is not great for our digestive system and, and elimination. So squatty potty, check it out. They you have know, like funny videos on it. I find it amazing how often we as a species can take a look at the way that we live our lives and we forget that many of the things that we do are very young in comparison to the history of human beings. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, well, whatever. I, um, uh, yes, of course, you work, of course you, you should work nine to five. That's the way it's always been done. It's like, well, if you look at the history of humanity, that's only been done for 0.00000001% of, of, of all of humanity. Um, yeah. And so we might want to ask ourselves whether or not that's working. And the same is true for pooing, right? I mean, for yeah. 99.9999% of humanity... Whenever anybody had to poo, they just squatted. Yeah, which is very primal. That's that's what we should be doing. Just like you, you can think of so many things like that. Like look at looking, look at giving birth. So many women lie on their back. That's not the best way to give birth. That's not like if you think of primal ways to give birth and how women feel best. It's often like on their knees. Like right. when I gave birth to Vienna, I was like sitting on a stability ball. Not that they had stability balls like thousands of years ago <laughs> right. or even you know sixty years ago, mm-hmm. but it just felt so much more comfortable. And then. Like, I remember when I went into active labor, they're like, okay, come on to the bed now. And I was like, and then I I did because that's what they recommended. But then after I was like, no, I shouldn't have done that. I feel like it delayed things. It wasn't like good for, yeah. So just like think of. My my cousin, my cousin told me about that when she gave birth literally on her hands and knees the entire time. And so primal. Yeah. And then they passed, uh, her daughter, um, name's Pharaoh, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Oh my God! I'm forget. I can't think of any right. Anyway, so she they passed her through um, to uh, uh, to through her legs, and and she yeah. and she held her. And you gotta be ready to catch catch the baby. Someone's gonna be. Yeah, Freya, Freya. Okay, that's her oh, name. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty name. It's a Nordic. I think Nordic goddess. Uh, I I have a friend who has a daughter. Oh named wow, Pharaoh, and I I could not get that out of my head. Anyway, yeah, they passed Freya through. So. Um, Anyway, so well, you know what? Okay, so let's go right into it here because it's clear that when you talk about this, I love hearing the energy in people's voices when they talk about things that they like and they love and the things that they're passionate about. So you love this. I know you do. I know you love talking about all the things that human beings can do to, to make their lives better and more holistic. Um, so, But what is it specifically that you would say that you love most about your job? I love helping people. I just love, like, I mean, I love all aspects of what I do because I have an opportunity to, you know, reach people through my blogs, through my books or through the podcast. And I just, I love what I do because I get to help people feel better. And, you know, it's, I'm not like changing the world, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I know for sure that there are people cause they re they'll reach out to me. I don't do like one-on-one consultations anymore as a nutritionist, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I can reach more people by doing other things. Right. So that just makes me feel good that I'm making some sort of contribution to help people living a happier, healthier life. And I know I can't convince everybody and some people are just not ready for the information that I share and that's okay they'll figure it out on their own time but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I love it what what, when you think about the people who have emailed you and told you that hey you know what I just wanted to let you know that 
hey, I'm pooing better or that I'm sleeping better. What, what are, what, what's one of the first kind of stories that comes to mind where someone has said something maybe a bit more profound than that, like something big that's happened in their life because of the work that you do and, and, and how they follow you? Well, I remember one of the first times I heard that, um, it was the first time that I actually realized that I had to reach further than Canada. This woman reached out to me in Australia mm. and said that she had just been reading my blog for a while, just a couple of years. It was in the earlier days and that she picked up my book, Joyous Health, and that, um, she had, you know, massive hormonal imbalance and she was able to heal uh, and it completely changed her life. And then she also left her boyfriend because she was in a very unhappy relationship. And she felt like once she got healthier, she felt more confident. Mm. So she had the confidence to like leave a relationship that wasn't serving her well. Right. So, you know, I think just being one little part of that, one little catalyst for positive change um, really made me feel like this is what I am supposed to be doing. That's so and all, cool. all the, all the, you know, trolls out there and the people who don't like what I do, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I get those, you know, you get those reminders every so often that you're doing the right thing. The universe, you know, it, it works in magical ways that way. And you yeah. sometimes when you're feeling, Oh crap, like, you know, it's not going right. And then mm -hmm. you hear from someone like that and you're like, yes, yeah, this is why I do what I do. Yeah, it's it's amazing because I, I don't even have to ask you this. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but I, I think I already know the answer. I would imagine that one of the things that people criticize you for is probably thinking that there's no way somebody can be this happy or this energetic or this passionate. It's got to be you know, some sort of, um, uh, act. Do you, yeah. do you ever get that? Um, no, you know what I get more than that more so. often, I will get people reach out to me. It's usually on social media and they'll be like, you know what? It was so nice to meet you in person. Say if I was speaking somewhere yeah. and it's so nice to see that you are the same in person that you are online or when I see you on TV. Right. And that's what I, I get a lot more. So I think maybe people are quietly skeptical. Mm. Like they see me online and like, oh, you know, is joy is always this certain way. But I'm not always like happy. I was like so frustrated this morning. It took 20 minutes for Vienna to put on socks. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Oh, I know. Like, oh my yeah. God. Like it's been like a whole thing lately. And it's, I was extremely frustrated and Walker's right. not here. So I'm anyways. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. Digress. It's funny. It's funny. Cause like, you know, obviously with, with both of our jobs, we're out there in the public eye and, and we're um, putting on a very motivational, inspirational message to people. And, and yes, that is who we are and it's what we believe. Yet if those same people could see us putting our children's socks on, they would get <laughs> that like we are normal like them, that we get pissed off and we will yeah. grab the kids hard and put them on our lap hard and say, you are not moving. I don't care how much you're screaming. You're putting these goddamn socks on. Uh, I know you need it. So when people do to uh, <laughs> come to you or, or when you are providing advice for people, um, I think that, and maybe I'm just speaking through my own lens here, but I feel like that a lot of people must think that in order to make a change and, be, and to become healthy, that that change is going to be dramatic. Like you're going to tell mm -hmm. me that I have to eat uh, nothing but sprouts for the rest of my life, yeah. right? Um, do you? And, and, but do you find that more often than not that it's just really more of a if people were to just make small changes that they could actually have a big impact? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, um, especially you know, type A personalities and people who are perfectionists, think that they have to change everything. Mm. They have to make a dramatic change completely, you know, change their diet, 
change their, like, you know, take, take up a new fitness regimen and be Mm -hmm. exercising every day and be meditating every day. And no, like that's just setting you up for failure. If you put so much pressure on yourself, that's why like all the new year's resolutioners, most of them fail because they're trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. If they just simply, you know, decided that, you know what, I'm going to make a commitment to get to bed by 10, 15, 10, 30 every night, just doing that can have such a big difference in your overall well-being and how happy you are. Yeah. And that's that's like one thing rather than trying to eat well and exercise and meditate and you know be a better parent and read all the, you know, best-selling books on parenting and Right. So, it really you're absolutely right, Stuart. It is really it is really just the simple small things and then build on those over time. So, you know, make a commitment to get a better sleep. Maybe it's make a commitment to drinking more water and cutting out pop. Mm-hmm. Would you say then, like, so if you were to think about the things that more often than not people need to change, sleep clearly is one of them. And I, and I can I can testify to that. I, I, I got to say, ironically, uh, I would have thought that having children would have been, uh, and it did, without a doubt, you know, caused me to have less sleep in the beginning. But it's, it was amazing to me how much my children put me on to a sleeping schedule that I had never had before. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, like it's, you, you start realizing, well, they're going to be up at 6.30, so yeah. I better get my ass to bed at 10, 10, 10.30, because otherwise so I'm going to be dragging my ass all day. Um, so and I, But I started finding myself getting sick less often. I was happier. I felt healthier. Um, so besides sleeping then, what, what are, like, like for the majority of people who are listening to this right now, um, what would your guess be that most people need to either cut out or start doing in their lives? Well, I would say um, cut out would be stop drinking pop or diet yeah. pop. Right. I'd say that's the first one. Why is that? Um, because it's terrible for you. Sugar is the root of all evil. No, <laughs> sugar is just terrible. It ages your skin. It ages your body. It, it's, it's essentially a nutrient dead food. Really? Um, that really has no place in our diet. Sure, have you know once in a while indulgence, have your kids have birthday cake, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, do those things. Yeah. Um, but and then artificial sweeteners are just like there's now so much research. Isn't that research showing that artificial sweeteners actually alter our gut microbiome? Like the the microbes that are so important for our immune system and our overall health and well being are negatively impacted by you know the aspartames and the sucralose and all of those. Really. So pop. And I would say as well, like even if someone like eats fairly healthy and that's like their one vice, because I hear like most for, for the people who say, oh, I'm so healthy. It's always, but I have this one thing. Right. And I feel like oftentimes that one thing is actually a big thing. And then when you can just, you know, slightly modify that one thing, it can have such a huge impact on people. Yeah. Like they feel so much more energized. And I think that's often why people drink pop, right? It's the caffeine and the sugar it gives them a boost of energy, but they've got to find, once they find something to replace it with, uh, then they can feel so much more energized. You know, and, I, I can, t- yeah. I, I can tell you that I, I remember, um, cutting coffee out of my life and I actually think you were the reason uh, if I remember correctly, because I haven't drank coffee probably for at least 10 years, maybe 10, oh, 15 years. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I just, I, I noticed uh, what was happening to my body when I was drinking it. And then I believe it was you that had so, had said to me something along the lines about what coffee does to your, you jacks up your, I think it was your insulin levels and, yep. right? And and uh, then you have to have that crash. And, and your you have cortisol, to... your cortisol levels. Exactly. Right. It's just, and also you are a very high energy person. Yeah. So it's for someone like you, you don't even need coffee. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if it was doing this, but like myself personally, 
um, something like coffee will actually make me feel anxious because right. it's almost like too, it's, you know, too much caffeine that my body just, just can't handle that. Did you find that that happened to you? Did it, yeah. you know, cause I, you to feel more uh, like anxiety? Yeah. I was I, almost as if like, no, I wasn't getting the shakes, but it yeah. was a case where, you know, I was losing focus and I was, um, just a bit jittery and yeah. for, for a certain period of time. And, and, but when I when I eliminated it, I remember thinking to myself, "I'll never be able to do this." I love the taste of coffee, and yeah, I also it's love delicious. yeah the ritual of it too. I love this yeah. hot drink in the morning. And to those who are listening to you speak, and they're thinking about that one thing, for example, pop, and imagining what their life would look like without it, uh, I gotta say that I never would have thought that I could have lived without coffee and then you get to the point where there's a moment in your life where you look back and you realize you can't even remember that part your that, that yeah, person it's so anymore true. so yeah. you, you can do it you just you just have to be disciplined for a certain amount of time and then eventually you get there well i just did um for the month of june actually i did something i took a break from something that i felt very addicted to and that was chocolate okay um i have for probably the last 10 years eating chocolate you know more than once a day. Cause that's like my coffee, right? I'm right. drinking like, sorry, I'm eating like really good quality dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. And then I just came to a point, like, I got to take a break from this. Like I can't, or I felt like I couldn't go a day without it. Right. So I cut it out for four weeks and now I, I don't feel like I have the same addiction to it. Like it took me a few days. Like there was a couple of days that I was like, man, this sucks. Mm. I have a headache. Like I'm totally addicted to it. But right. now I feel like I have a much more healthy relationship with it. And that took me four weeks. But it took me less time than that because I feel like I, I got over it fairly quickly. And I think with people who drink coffee every day, I'd say it generally speaking takes people about a week. Yeah. You know, it's not always pleasant mm -hmm. the first few days, uh, but there's things you can do to kind of mitigate those negative effects you get from cutting out coffee. But I have to tell you, I have never in 10 years of being a nutritionist ever had someone say to me, I cut out coffee and I wish I didn't or I feel worse. Always. A hundred percent of the time. People right. say, wow, I can't yeah. believe how much better my digestion is, my energy. I feel so much better. That's so great. And I'm guessing people probably say the same thing with respect to sugar. If they, they, you've never had uh, anybody yes. say the same, like, oh, I cut sugar out and I feel worse. Never. I've never heard that. I can't tell you the number of people who just like really thrive. People lose weight when they cut out sugar. They feel so much better. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's cutting no, out sugar well, is a... Yeah, this can leads, be a, a tough one. This leads to, uh, I guess, your own story, doesn't it? In, in the sense that the reason why you became a nutritionist, um, give the listeners kind of like that 10-second overview because you, you were eating horrible food. You were working in an yeah. industry that you weren't getting sleep. And then what happened? Yeah, so I just felt like shit all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was eating like fairly healthy, but then I would go to Starbucks and get my, you know, whatever non-fat vanilla latte with like two artificial sweeteners. Mm. Um, so I was doing what I kind of thought was healthy, but then I had hormonal imbalance. My hair was falling out. I didn't have my period for, you know, three months at a time. Mm -hmm. I felt like an it. I went from doctor to doctor. I was taking medications sometimes for anxiety. I was taking medications for heartburn that I had all the time. Right. I was on the birth control pill. I was on all this, this cocktail of medicines and I wasn't getting any better. I'm like, this is bullshit. Yeah. I'm like in my twenties and I feel like garbage. Right. So, you know, finally I got it there. I did have like a breaking point. I had a paradigm shift when I saw another endocrinologist 
And she's like, oh, I have this new prescription you can try, this new hormone. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll help you get your period and you'll feel better. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. She wrote the prescription for me. I went home and I just like ripped it up. I'm like, enough is enough. Wow. And that was the turning point of my life. Um, and when I, you know, it wasn't overnight that I, it was overnight that I made that decision, but it wasn't over. It, it took me, you know, six months to kind of really reverse my health and feel a lot better. And that, you know, inspired me when I was able to heal my own body. I was like, holy crap, I need to learn more about natural health and evidence-based nutrition. I need to go back to school because if I can do this for my own body and I've been struggling with this for years, there has to be more people out there just like me who've been struggling. And you must, and so you, because like I think for the listeners, they should know you were working in advertising, and you did yes. an, an, an about shift, and you started went you went to school to become a holistic nutritionist at that time. Yes, exactly. Um, I actually, when I was um, still in marketing and advertising, I I decided that I would just because I didn't I didn't have the courage yet to fully leave the industry. Mm -hmm. So for quite a few years, actually, I was just taking all different courses. I went to Humber. I did a one year program there in nutrition and fitness. I became a personal trainer. I was just dabbling in so many different things. And then eventually it was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this for real and like go and study nutrition for two years and then like make something of this. Jeez. So, so, and since that time, I remember meeting you when you were just kind of at the beginning stages and, um, you were beginning to blog and you were beginning to invite people over to your condo and you'd get up and do a talk about nutrition and there'd be like 15 people in the crowd. And, and this was like the really kind of humbling beginning stages of, of starting a business. And I know you didn't necessarily know what the full vision was at that time but isn't it incredible to think that here you are today and now you've got a very successful business you are a two-time national best-selling author on this subject uh, about to be a third I have no doubt um, <laughs> and you have this huge following online how many how many followers do you have across your social media platforms Oh, I don't know. Like Instagram, I'm getting close to a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Um, YouTube, I think we're, I don't know, maybe 65,000, but wow. I still feel like we have so much work to do. Well, that's the I problem about social media, right? It's like you can have a, almost a million followers and like that, what, what, I don't know what the new critical mass is these days. Yeah, it's like I never know, enough, right? right? I know it's but, never enough. But exactly. I mean, what, what a thing though. I mean, it's amazing. I love it. Just this morning when I saw, I can't remember what, what it was, but you had posted something and you had something like 565 likes on it. And and I thought, wow, isn't that incredible that uh, she went from asking her friends and family to basically come into her condo and sit there and listen to her talk yeah. about the subject to having almost 100,000 people who like your work so much that they want to follow what you do. And that how does that feel like when you think about that? Well, I have to thank you, Stuart, because I will never forget you gave me one of my first speaking opportunities and I was so nervous. I remember you asked me to come and speak to your group when you were doing, I think it was when you were doing like the six or seven week program. Oh, the evolution. Do you remember group. that? Yeah, the evolution. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You asked me to speak and you're like, Joy, it's just like 10 minutes. Like you have to say yes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to say no. And then, and I was like hearing you, you have to say yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was so nervous. And I remember you did like a five minute meditation um, to start the, to start the evening off. Right. And I felt so relaxed after that. I'm like, this is what I need to do before I speak. And, and like, like many people, public speaking was like my number one fear. I was so shy as a kid and as a teen and even into my twenties, mm -hmm. I was very shy. So I have to thank you for, cause thank you for that because oh, 
you really helped push me. And I, I, the other thing I so distinctly remember you saying to me, um, that I share with other people now today who are nervous of speaking, you're like, joy, you got this. You just tell yourself you're the shit. You know, so much you go into that room, you know, so much you're going to like, just impress them with all your knowledge. And I remember this so well. And I just, I did that often. I'd be like, joy in my mind, you're the shit. You know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, I still do that. I I still do do that today sometimes because sometimes I'll I'll be walking into a room where for whatever reason, it's a speaking gig where the audience is let's say of a particular ilk where they have a certain amount of power or a certain amount of prestige. Let's say I'm speaking to a bunch of CEOs in like I made all from major fortune 500 companies and I'll find myself feeling nervous and I'm thinking, Oh, you know what? These people have accomplished so much. Are they going to even think I have anything important to say? And then I still, to this day in those situations, I'll, I'll be in my hotel room giving myself that pep talk going, you've got this brother. You've got this man. Like you, you have to realize you are, a subject matter expert on the thing that you're about to speak about. And if you were to speak to any one of those people individually about this topic, you would most likely know more about this this one topic yeah. than they would. And if you remind yourself that you do know something, it can uh, it can really t- take you places. And, 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 and that's what you've done. But do you still, though, now, out of curiosity, do you ever find yourself... Even though you've accomplished so much, do you ever find yourself feeling like an imposter? Like you, 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 who, who, who are these people to believe that I actually have something to say? Um, not really. I feel okay. like, like in the early day, and I don't even know if in the early days it was that imposter syndrome. It was more just like not, you know, having the confidence yet and the self esteem, and I had to build my confidence. Um, you know, I just had to build my confidence. And so I don't feel like for sure every so often I, I get nervous, but I, but I don't feel like I have like that sort of imposter syndrome. I kind of just chalk it up more to like, okay, it's nerves. It's good to be nervous once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just, you know, have my positive self-talk and then, and then I move on. Right. What, okay. What about the other side of this? Because this is something I've been thinking about lately. And I, I've been noticing that, there are a lot of people out there who are really um, moonlighting as if they are mm-hmm. experts in a particular field. And I think that we mm-hmm. live in a world today where because of social media and because of technology, everybody who wants to have a blog or a website, who wants to put a YouTube channel up can. And yes. they, they can write any bio they want about themselves and they can get all their friends to put testimonials onto their page. And automatically within the eyes of the public, that person must be an expert on this particular topic. Because I see this in my own industry where I'll see somebody getting up and charging a client 10,000 bucks to do a a corporate keynote and I just want to pull the corporate uh, client aside and say you do know that person's only ever done five live speaking engagements and you're <laughs> now making them the opening keynote for 500 people. I think you may have done wanted to do your research a bit more. Uh, is that happening in your industry are people trying to almost moonlight a bit and pretend that they're they haven't like they haven't put in the time? Yeah, I definitely like you see this on Instagram and just through social media, people who are just like generally passionate about food. um, And then all of a sudden they are the resource for nutrition. And you see this with a lot of like very prominent vegans, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, say on YouTube, like I I think of whatever that banana girl who is very annoying and giving out very, very bad nutrition advice. Oh, yeah. But there's nothing I can really do about it. Like people flock to her because people flock to people who are passionate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, 
I just kind of like turned a blind eye to it because, you know, there's nothing, I just got to stay in my own lane and keep doing what I'm doing. And I know that my community, um, they will value the information that I share, Mm -hmm. uh, and the kind of community that's going to follow the banana girl. Well, they're going to do that. And that's, I don't want them in my community anyhow, Right. because if they think, you know, eating 12 bananas a day is healthy because that's what the banana girl says, then, (laughs) well, okay. Um, you do that and see how you feel. Yeah. See how your blood sugar is and your poops. Right. How your poops going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's speak about, you know, when you say the banana girl, it makes me think about women in general. And, and I, this is kind of an odd topic for me as a man to be bringing up, but, but it is an observation that I've been making where I know that there are a lot of women, way more than men, uh, not to say that men aren't doing it, but let's face it, more women are out there really putting in the effort to, I guess, fulfill a certain, lifestyle or to fulfill a certain image right and so Mm -hmm. it's it's, in many cases it's the image that you have so they want to be pretty and then you know if you look at your life you're you know you're a you're a pretty woman and you've got a a great family and you've got a great business my pleasure and uh (laughs) i i I normally need a couple beers to tell you that joy and (laughs) i I, I prefer to say it in front of your husband walker just to kind of give him a jab but (laughs) But you know, you like there's there's this thing that so many women aim for, and and they're constantly being told that uh, by society and by advertising and by what they see in in the media and and in Hollywood that there is this look of perfection, right? It's the it's like you have to have a you have to have a baby, you have to lose your baby fat within a week, you <laughs> so ha- you know you have to have the the charming husband, you have to have a certain diamond on your finger, you you have to have a uh, your own business, your own blog. And on some level, and of course, in many levels, you kind of have this look that, that a lot of women look up to. And I know that I know you well enough as a friend to know that um, you don't take yourself as seriously as uh, as many people might think you do, which is great. That's That's one of your qualities is that you see yourself also as an individual who has flaws just as much as anybody else or, For sure. you know, good days and bad days. But this whole kind of image of perfection that so many women are aiming for as a woman, what is your perspective on this? Like, are, are, are they, are they aiming for something that they, that society has made impossible or, um, you know, what are your conversations with women and, and what should women really be focusing on in order to be happy? Well, what I do, um, I can really only speak for myself is, you know, when it comes to social media and looking through the social media lens, I remind myself, Um, especially because there's people that I follow that, you know, have this beautiful curated feed of all their fantastic outfits and all the great places they eat at. Mm -hmm. And I remind myself that this is curated, that they are choosing what parts of their life they want to share with me. Mm -hmm. And if seeing these parts of their life are making me feel bad about myself, then that's more, that's saying more about me than it is about them. Right. And if someone is making me feel less, because of what I'm seeing on their Instagram, I will unfollow them. But then I also remind myself, well, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. You know, am I just feeling not enough? And, I, you know, I think back to the days before the internet and I would read like In Touch magazine and all those like trashy magazines. And I had to like come to a point where I had to stop doing that because then I, I was comparing myself to, you know, all these celebrities and their perfect bodies and, you know, how they would shred all their fat after, after they had a baby. So I stopped looking at that. Right. So, 
you know, I think, you know, when it comes to what I share, I, and I will fully tell anyone this, I absolutely curate what I, what I share. Mm. I share beautiful photos of food and my, because the point of what I do is I want, I want my feed when someone comes to my Instagram, I want them to, I want it to be aspirational. I want it to be inspirational. I want them to feel good. I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. I want them to be inspired to eat something that I have created. So, because once they do, they'll realize, you know, how easy it is and how good food makes you feel good. But make no mistake, like I tell people like this, when I'm interviewed or just chatting on a panel, I, I my feed is curated. Mm-hmm. We take, but this is my job. Right. You know, Walker does all our photography. And if people saw how many shots we took of those, you know, pancakes or salad whatever it is if you guys saw how many shots we talked before we took before that you would know okay this took you like two hours right you know just to get this one shot so um i think you have to just like remind yourself of that or when you see like these like fashionistas these like um influencers on social media who are like fashion influencers right i i will remind myself okay like that person is posing in a certain way and they've probably taken like, you know, 20 different shots to get that first, you know, to get that single shot. But I think that's why people who know me and they follow like my Insta stories and they see behind the scenes and they come meet me in person. um, That's when they, you know, get more sort of behind the scenes, behind the lens look. And I really try and share that as much as I can. But, you know, Instagram is like, it's like art for many people, right? It's, um, it's interesting because even when you watch a Hollywood movie and you see that scene that either brings you to tears or brings you a a significant amount of excitement, we have to remember that that is also a scene that has been shot, uh, 20, sometimes up to a hundred times until the director finally says, yeah, we've got this exactly the way I want to look at it, want it to look. And life of course is not like that. And uh, we only get usually one shot in the moment at things. Um, But for that director, they want that film to be beautiful. And Mm -hmm. you want your website to be beautiful. And that's what makes the movie great. And that's what makes the website engaging. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But as we as, as a species, we just need to make sure that we are kind of understanding that if, like you said, something is making us feel a certain way that, um, it's not like there's anything wrong with us. It just happens to be that something has been curated. Yeah, and and remind yourself, like, if this is making me feel bad, don't follow that person. Right. Don't follow anybody who makes you feel bad about yourself. But if you feel like you're unfollowing a lot of people, then you need to also, like, give your, you know, check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. And why are you feeling envy or jealousy or... You know, a lot of times it's it's our, you know, own insecurities. But I do really like... You know, I like this whole body positivity movement that's been going on for, you know, a few years now. I think Mm -hmm. that's really great um, because it's helping women feel really confident in their own skin. And I like to see more of that. And I also, you know, I personally share, you know, if you kind of dig deeper into, you know, social media and on my blog, I, I share, you know, other aspects of what's going on in my life that isn't so great. Like I shared when Walker and I had that miscarriage and Mm -hmm. how upsetting that was. And I, And I shared that the reason I shared that wasn't for selfish reasons. I shared that because I knew that there's a lot of women who have been through that and they could connect with that story too. So, you know, it's, it's not always the glamorous food shots, but I also share, you know, those, those stories as well. But again, it's curated. I don't share everything. I'm, I'm, even though, you know, it's funny, you might look, 
people who don't know me might look at me on social media and be like, Oh, she shares everything, but I'm actually a private person. Right. So, but it's just the, it's just the illusion, right? Anyone yeah. who's on social media, you think they share everything, but they're actually not. Right. Cause well, you think of how many small snippets, you know, I might share, but you know, throughout a 24 hour period, that's nothing. But even then with you talking about your miscarriage or talking about some of the parts of your life that, um, aren't, uh, the, 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 mo the happiest moments, um, there's a lot of people out there, and I think people listening have to understand that there's a lot of people who don't even do that. Even though you don't share everything, they still don't even share that much. And, and because yes, of their true. own fear of anyone seeing them in, in a light that is not perfection. And, and, and so when you think about, okay, so you're back to the women in, in society today. And women, you're right, it's great that they're beginning to uh, really take hold of uh, the perspective that they want to hold for themselves as opposed to being... Uh, told what they're supposed to look like, and and I love that you're right. The 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 body image, um, uh, what did you call it? The um, the body positivity movement. Yeah, the bo body po positivity movement, and I love that. And I love when you see um, what was it not too long ago, within the last year or so, I think it was that there was that they call them plus size, which I think is a, kind of a crazy term. But um, uh, a woman that is not uh, your your traditional model type body she was on the cover of right. um, uh, sports illustrated in, in a swimsuit which is fantastic um what about uh entrepreneurism what about that yep. part of things we're seeing more and more women doing what you're doing which is you know becoming the president essentially of their own company and and running something do you think that on top of body positivity and on top of women um taking hold of their lives in, in non-traditional ways. Do you think that that's something that a lot of women out there should give some serious consideration to? Not that they have to do it, but at least consideration to as far as uh, starting their own business with, with, with the intention of even taking more control of their own lives? I think you just got to do what makes you happy. Like I think some people are not meant to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Like I think some people like to be um, like to be part of a company where they have tasks every day and they get a secure paycheck every two weeks or whatever. I think some people like really thrive in that and they really like it. And I don't think, you know, that a woman that is doing that, um, for example, I look at myself, you know, 15 years ago when I was doing that, I was not happy doing that. I did not like having a boss tell yeah. me what to do yeah. and doing things that I was not passionate about. So for me, it made sense, you know, to spread my wings and become an entrepreneur. So no, I don't, I don't think that it is for everybody. Okay. Um, and I think you have to find what you're really passionate about. And I think mm -hmm. some women, you know, are so happy to have three kids or whatever it is and be a stay at home mom. And that is their full-time job. And that is what fulfills them. Right. Um, so I think you really just have to be honest with, uh, with what fulfills you and that may change too, you sure. know? And, but for those who, let's say, do want to become an entrepreneur, is it something, because I know you have a program that you offer for those yes. who are looking to become yeah. entrepreneurs as nutritionists, and, yeah. and you've had now people go through that program. What are some of the things that you're seeing and how it's affecting people's lives for those that have taken your program and, and actually are out there now starting their own business? Are you seeing it increasing their confidence? Are they? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. just people like setting the stage for the foundations of a successful, thriving business, like people figuring out what their branding looks like and then, you know, making, deciding from a financial perspective what that looks like, at what point can they make that jump? 
um, from having it just be a side hustle to their full-time hustle. So people have discovered that throughout the 12 weeks of the program, um, how to actually make that happen and put an actual plan into place. Because mm-hmm. um, what we do is we have people like figure out how much money do you want to make? Like how, what is that ideal number look like? But then break that down. What does that mean? What does that look like? How many one-on-ones do you have to do? How many eBooks? Like, so then, you know, we break it down for people so that they can like actually achieve it. And it is 100% achievable if you want to work hard. Right. Like people have to realize that things don't come easy. Yeah. You and know, would you say I, that's one of your big things that you've done is if you look at, at your success and, and I say you and Walker, your success of running a, yeah. a, a, a business, is it, is hard work the thing that you would say that you guys just is, is your number one uh, component of your success? I would say, no, I would actually say number one is passion, Okay. being passionate and staying curious and staying interested in what you do mm-hmm. um, is definitely number one. And then hard work yeah. for sure. Right. Like I know there's all these books like the four hour work week. I think there's like really good knowledge in all these different books that entrepreneurs have written. But I don't really think that a four hour work week, if you want to become really successful, unless you're like an overnight success, I just don't think that's possible. Honestly, it's just like hard work. You got to like put in the time. And also you can't compare, compare your year one or month one to someone like myself. Like I get nutritionists all the time. who are like, oh my gosh, like how do I become like you? It seems like it's so intimidating. It's so not reachable. And I'm like, ah, I've been doing this. It's like over a decade now. I mean, I don't say it with that kind of voice, but I remind them, (laughs) hey, like don't compare your year one or year two two to my year 10. I was exactly where you are. You know, sure, I might look like I'm successful or whatever on social media, but I started with nothing. I had to like, work my way up and I still have like so much work to do. Mm-hmm. So there's always, there's always things that, that I want to do. So, you know, you have to get out of the comparison syndrome because that can really stagnate you and not help you grow if you're comparing yourselves um, to other people in your industry. Well, that's a great way to not start uh, an idea because if you look yeah. at somebody who is at your level, it seems so enormous, so insurmountable. Oh my God, a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, like you know, sixty five thousand followers on YouTube. How? What? Well, that just seems crazy. I might as well not even start. But they don't realize that at one point you only had five hundred followers on Instagram. Exactly. And there's there's that point you have to get to first. I I'm I'm often amazed at how many individuals I meet who say that they want to become professional speakers. Yeah. And, and and I'll say, okay, cool. Like, and I'll give them some advice or sometimes I'll have a phone call with them if I have time and, and, uh, I'll give them maybe three or four pieces of homework, go do these things. And then let's like re regroup in maybe a few months and, and, and we'll go from there. And yet, uh, three or four months goes by. I never get the phone call from the person again. I might bump into them on the street and I'll say, how's that going? And they'll say, oh, you know what? Life has been so busy. I'm still going to take your advice though. I'm still going to get around to it. And sure enough, you bump into them two or three years later, and, and they haven't put in the work. Um, in fact, even just two weeks ago, I met somebody who asked me if I would take the time to have a mentoring call with her. And we set up the time, and I called her, and she wasn't available. She just didn't Oh, that's answer. annoying. She didn't answer the phone. I leave a message, and that was two weeks ago, and she hasn't called back. And you think to yourself, if you can't even show up for the goddamn mentoring yeah. call... You're never going to be able to put in the work that uh, is required in order to become successful in this industry. And anything you want to do, it's you look at the women who just won the World Cup while we're you know we're taping this. Um, yeah, the American w- women just won the World Cup. Could you imagine like the number of push-ups and sit-ups and 
times they've tried to kick the ball perfectly to to make it do what what it does now like the hundreds and thousands of hours that they've put I in know. it doesn't it's just so happen. much time i don't know who like so my nephew is really he's a really good soccer player he's like uh 13 now i think mm-hmm. and i don't know who one of the biggest soccer players is in the world you i'm sure you would know but this particular soccer player said like i was not that good and i decided when i was a kid that i would practice for two hours every single day wow. so my nephew nolan <laughs> like a couple years ago he like told his dad you know what so and so said this and that's exactly what i'm gonna do and that is what he has done no way and now he's playing at like the highest league for his age and my brother um is like he he's like he i really think that he's gonna go far with this and he's not just you know he's not just being a loving dad he's like he's serious he's He's, like i cannot believe how good he's like i cannot believe how good this kid is and every single day he's in the backyard playing with the soccer ball isn't so, that something it's true it's it yeah like any athlete would tell you any like expert yeah um they had to like work their ass off to get where they are where they are it's funny that you say that because i'll never forget because i i was a pretty good soccer player when i was younger and i'll never forget uh, my father his friend dennis was visiting the house and i was just kicking the ball against the wall on the side of the house and, and i'm right-footed and i was just really you know smashing the ball and the ball would come back to me and i'd trap it and i'd kick the ball again and then he came up to me, and I'll never forget this. He was just getting on his bike to, to, to take off. And he said, do you want to be an amazing soccer player? And I said, yeah. He says, you have to be able to do what you're doing with your right foot just as well with your left foot. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget him saying that. And, and That's then, such good advice. Yeah. And every single day from that day forward, I would go against the wall, and I would just smack the ball as hard as I could with my left foot until I became as good with my left as I was with my right. That's and, amazing. Yeah, and it just and it, it gave me one extra foot over every other player on the field. And what a competitive advantage. Now, of course, when you get to the professional level, every player can do that. But um, if you want to make it as an entrepreneur or if you want to make it as a great mom or if you want to make it as a great dad, I mean, anything that you want to do really, really well, you have to put that time in. Yes, exactly. And then also... Um, depending what your industry is, you have to continue. Like you don't just get there. Like for me, I have to like always be reading up on like the latest research and just like being in the know. I can't just like be sleepy um, because stuff is changing all the time. I have to know like what are the most popular diets, even though I don't follow a diet or recommend a diet. You know, I just a couple weeks ago, someone was asking me about some new diet. I'm like, oh, crap, I haven't heard about that diet. Hmm. And so I went and looked it up. I'm like, okay, this is a terrible idea, but I need to like know about all these. (laughs) It's like some meat eating carnivore diet. I was like, that is gross. Um, Only eating meat and absolutely nothing else. Um, So, yeah, you just got to like stay informed and continue to develop your skills. So before I do let you go, because I do want to make sure we give our listeners a couple of, you know, really interesting uh, thoughts around what they can be doing um, to become healthier. So we all know that these diets are big things that uh, everyone gets into. And there's there's a million of those, the keto diet or Mm -hmm. there's the, like you said, the the carnivore diet. Um, The big thing people are obviously trying to do is to try to eliminate carbs all the time. What are some things that you can say before I let you go that people can really start doing as far as uh, the way that they eat? Let's just focus on that, that they can do differently that will, A, help them lose weight because I know that a lot of us want to. Even I, as a relatively thin guy, I want to lose the – the the, the the fat that I have around in my, my midsection from years of drinking <laughs> beers. 
And <laughs> um, so, you know, we, and we all want to feel healthier. So what do people need to start doing more often in order to just really kind of increase their chances of getting those results? Well, I think there's two things. One's food related and one non-food related. The okay. one food related thing I would say is just eat more plants. Yeah. Honestly, it's as simple as that. Every time you eat, half of your plate should be preferably vegetables. Eat every- some fruit too. Okay. But every time you eat, half of your plate should be plant foods. Even breakfast? So, yes, even breakfast. How do, you do, some- how, do you, how do you do that in breakfast? It's impossible. Okay, so if you're having breakfast, have some fruit. <laughs> Have some fruit with your breakfast. Or if you're having a smoothie, put like two big handfuls of spinach in it. Mm. Um, If you're having scrambled eggs, throw a handful of arugula or spinach into those scrambled eggs as you're scrambling them up. And you got like a good serving of vegetables right there. And what are the vegetables doing for us? Oh, fiber, phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals. Um, it's nourishing our cells. It's, um, preventing cancer. Mm. It's keeping us pooping effectively. It's boosting our energy and our vitality and making us look young and fresh and healthy and lovely. Mm. Um, so we, and it's feeding our microbes. We have trillions of microbes that live in our gut and the food we eat feeds them. And so we want to keep those microbes healthy and happy. And the other thing that's non-food related that I think is incredibly important. So many people focus on, meditation and different apps they can buy and different books they can read and going to yoga classes, all that stuff is great. But honestly, you know what the freest thing that is so good for your brain and your nervous system is just to get outside in nature. Like go hug a tree, Mm. go walk in the park, go on a trail, just get outside and be around trees and green and oxygen and nature. If you can go in your backyard and walk around barefoot, like just being in nature is one of the best ways to reduce anxiety, to boost your serotonin, so to make you happier, fresh air, wow, best thing ever. And and not only does it have an impact, but what a great feeling you get just from being in nature. I, I know that that's something that uh, we're really trying to do for our children, and uh, just recognizing that importance. And every single weekend, it's always like, where are we going? Let's get in the car. And 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 just yesterday, we were um, in a place called Port Perry. And oh, pretty. Yeah, we just went down to the water, and uh, the first thing I do is I take off my kids' shoes because uh, I want them running around in the grass. Oh, and, that's great. Right? And and I know that that, uh, that has, a, has a big impact. You know, I just recently um, I was wor- do, working with a speaker that talked about this story, which was interesting. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but they were doing a study on cancer patients, mm-hmm. and they were trying to discover why it was that certain cancer patients were recovering from, let's say, chemotherapy or their surgery or whatever it was faster than uh, other chemo patients. And they discovered that the or other cancer patients, my, my apologies, they discovered that the one thing that the people who were um, recovering faster had that the other people didn't have was uh, plants in their mm. room. Yes. And, and more specifically, cut flowers wasn't good enough. They had to be plants with soil. And when they did a study on the soil, they discovered that there were certain microbes that were basically being released into the air that these people were now breathing in. And it was going into their bloodstream and into their uh, into their lungs. Amazing. And it was increasing the effectiveness of their immune system. So they went deeper and they've discovered now that children who um, grow up on farms uh, have much lower rates of many of the big diseases mm-hmm. that, are, that are killing That's people. That's right. And Asthma, what... allergies, autoimmune diseases. Right. Yeah, so... it's the microbes. Microbes are everything. The microbiome of our planet is 
in a crisis right now. Right. And we, yeah, we have to, it's so, this is why, I mean, this is a whole other discussion, but this is why I believe in buying organic foods when you can, when you can afford it and supporting organic agriculture because the microbiome of our soil, our, our, our food, we humans are not healthy. If our plants are not healthy, our plants are not healthy. If our soil is not healthy. Right. So, but yeah, the microbiome is super fascinating. Interesting. Okay. So basically get the plants in your, in your body, do anything you can for your, your gut. Yes. And get your ass out into nature. Yes. Get outside of nature. Look at, and, and just to add on to what you were saying about that study on the, on the cancer patients, the other thing, there's been other studies that have shown that, um, cancer patients or uh, sorry, people recovering from surgery who have windows where they can actually see nature recover faster. So just simply looking at trees and seeing nature out your window helps people's immune system be stronger and helps them recover faster from illness and from surgery. No kidding. So cool. That is so cool. And it's, it's amazing that we don't think about this, that we don't talk about this all the time. Uh, and uh, listen, okay, for those of you who uh, are listening to this, and I can tell you right now, I could do, no kidding, like 10 different podcasts with Joy. We could have done a whole podcast just on poo. Yeah, right? totally. we know that, right? And we could do one on, the, on your microbiome. We could do one on the immune system. We could do one on 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 making your skin look healthy. So uh, clearly, we can't do all of it in 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 a one hour show. So for those who are listening, what are the best ways for them to kind of really start engaging in your work so that they can start learning the stuff that's taken you years to learn, so they can start applying it to their lives to become healthier and happier. Yeah, totally. So my blog is joyoushealth.com. So J-O-Y-O-U-S health.com. And I create recipes and healthy living inspiration every single week. There's always new content and new information. So if you get on my newsletter, you'll always get that delivered to your inbox. And then of course I share a lot of that through social media too. So whether it's my Instagram or my YouTube channel, and we also have a podcast called the joyous health podcast, um, which is hosted by myself and my husband Walker. And uh, we have a great old time on there, and yeah. we talk about everything, um, health, healthy and not healthy. Walker loves pizza, and it's all good. We talk about that, too. Right on. You know, and for those of you who are listening, I just started uh, checking out that podcast a, a little bit here and there when I can, and you really do need to sign up for it because it is such a fun conversation listening to the two of you talk about the kinds of, some of the topics that you and I have covered today, but you go into it so much more deeply and... and uh, and it's really informative. So for those of you who maybe don't always have the time to read, get that podcast and, and listen to it on in your in your drive into work or on the subway because you're going to get something that is going to change the way you do things. And it might just lead you to having one less coffee a day. It might need, lead you to going to bed 15 minutes earlier. Whatever it is, it's going to have a positive impact in your life. So I really encourage you to start following uh, Joy's work on, on any one or all of those platforms. Oh, thanks, Stuart. My pleasure. My pleasure. Awesome. I, I know you're the real deal, and I hope that other people uh, uh, through this uh, podcast get that as well. And I really appreciate you taking the time because I know you're busy and you're a mama, and I know that <laughs> uh, life can get insane. So um, thanks for being on the show. I want to have you back sometime again in the future. We'll talk about other things. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Go check her out, guys, joyoushealth.com and all of her other platforms. Uh, and until then, Joy, here's to you having the best poos of your life. <laughs> Same to you. Thanks, Joy. Thank you. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to the Stuart Knight Show. We hope you've enjoyed this powerful conversation. People are fascinating, and so are you. And the right questions will prove it.